Amen. So there's the guys come around and collect that. I want to just encourage you if, um, if you want to, to jump onto our website on ccfnt.org.au. There's, there's bank details there. There's uh, opportunity to, to join the Tithely app and you can give through that as well. It's a great way to establish our giving in this place. So that means that when you're not here that you can, you can still be contributing to what we do in this place. And so as I said, my name's Matt. I'm assistant pastor here. My privilege to, to share the word with you today. And um, I actually want to pray before we start this morning. I want to invite you to stand with me as we do that. And I know the offering bags are still going around. So just stand as you're able and let's just, let's just commit this time to God. Let's pray. Lord God, what a, what a privilege it is to have your word. What a privilege it is to be called your possession, to be your sons and daughters through Jesus and the work of the cross. God, I pray this morning that we wouldn't be taking that for granted, that we wouldn't be taking for granted who you are. And God, I pray that, that wherever we might find ourselves as we hear these words, that, that your presence would be evident, that you would fill this place. God, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts as we have just sung. Open our minds to your goodness, to your faithfulness and to your truths and help us to grab hold of what it is that you have for each one of us and never let it go. God, I pray that you would just fill us afresh this morning, that you would renew each one of us, that you would continue to mould and shape and that you would impact each one of us personally. Come and refine and mould your people today for your glory, for your kingdom, Lord God, through the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, feel free to to grab a seat. We're going to get into the Word. And and so if if you've been joining with us over the the last number of weeks, you would have... Uh, you'd know that, that Neil's been focusing a little bit on, on servanthood. He, he focused on that uh, two weeks ago, I think it was now. Um, and he talked about what it is to be a worshipful servant, to, to serve both each other and, and the body of Christ and God in a, in a God-honouring way. And with that came an invitation for us to be praying about what it is that we can contribute um, through acts of service to this body to contribute to God's work here in in Cornerstone. And I want to encourage you to continue to pray into that. Um, And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to to have the opportunity to um, just put our names down to different things and there'll be job descriptions of, of the different roles that we have in this church that you might be able to contribute to. Um... But God's put something slightly different on my heart to share with us this morning and, it, and it's not specifically around service and, and it's something that as a, as a church and, and as individuals that we need to be actively working at to ensure that, that we are an effective body of Christ and that is that we are protecting our unity, that we are actively 
protecting our unity. You know, we, we are in a, we're in a season right now, aren't we, where, where everything seems to be disrupted. You know, it's, a, it's a season of uncertainty and, you know, there's, there's disconnect. You know, and every day it seems like there's these unexpected moments that come that are completely out of the ordinary, but scarily they're becoming more and more ordinary. But there's, there's a danger in this time, particularly, that of, of this time of disruption, uncertainty, and, and all of these things, all this madness that's going on right now, and it has this ability, if we're not on guard, to bring, bring disruption and bring disruption to our unity. That is the body of Christ. It brings disruption to the work that is being done through the church. You know, and we know, we know that God intends for us to be a body made up of many different parts, to be joined together and, and operating as a whole. You know, each of us has a part, has a part to play in that and, and we need to do what we can do and enable us to do the work that God has for this place. Work that is, is far greater than, than what we can do if we try and do things on our own. You know, and, and, and Romans 12, 4 and 6 reminds us of the fact that we are this body. Because it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. You know, we, we are not designed or created to go it alone. And what God is calling us to do is intended to be done as a, as a body, with each one of us doing a part, a special part, a special function, belonging to each other and, and in that doing things well to fulfil God's purpose. You know, each, each one of us has been created and designed with gifts and abilities, gifts and abilities that as, as followers of Jesus are intended to be used for us to contribute to the wider body, to ensure that, that his body is fully effective. And today, God, God has put on my heart to share two incredible moments of Jesus Two moments that remind us of our identity in Him, that remind us of who God says we are and where we need to be on guard to ensure that this body, His body, the wider church, stays strong. And the, the first moment that I want to I talk about this morning is, is just before Jesus is arrested. It's in the moments before he's taken away to be tried and beaten and led to be crucified. And we, and we find Jesus here has, has just spent three or more years teaching and preaching and, and healing the sick and performing miracles. But he's also been investing and doing life with those that followed him. And he had this amazing relationship with his 12 disciples. And now he realises that this time is coming to an end. And in John 12, there is this incredible prayer that Jesus prays to his heavenly Father, to God, 
to his Father. And I want to invite you to spend some time in that word this week. Maybe just highlight it in your Bible and every day read through it and just see what Jesus prayed. But I want to pick it up this morning from verse 9. And again, this is, this is Jesus praying. And he says, My prayer is not for the world, but for those that you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me. So they bring me glory. And now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. And then jumping forward a bit to verse 14, it says, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. But I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And then jumping forward again to verse 20, it says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who have ever believed in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. This is an incredible prayer of Jesus in the moments before he is arrested. You know, Jesus is, is praying over his disciples, praying over these men that he has spent so much time with, but not only praying over them, he is also praying over each one of us. Each one of us that believes in him and in his, his truth, that is the word of God. And Jesus is asking God to protect the unity of those who belong to him. To be protecting us in our unity, to be protecting us from the evil one who is out to kill and to destroy and to distract and disrupt the unity of the body that is God's church. Disrupt the unity. The unity that, that shows the world around us that, that Jesus was sent by God and that God loves us as much as he loved his son Jesus. And this prayer continues now to cover us. This prayer of protection on our unity that is only there because of the work of the cross. It's only through the truth. Through God's truth in the word that unites us. And, and as a church, as a body of believers, we need to be actively protecting that unity. We need to actively protect it by being in God's word and understanding what that truth is. By allowing the words that we read 
in the Bible to impact and cover us. Not just to read it as a, as a story that's, oh, that's interesting, but to put ourselves into those situations and apply what we see Jesus saying over the people that he interacts with. Allowing God's word to be applicable in everything that we do. To allow God's word to, to transform and shape and protect our hearts and our minds. Because make no mistake, the enemy is doing its best to disrupt. And we can see that right now, yeah? He's trying to disrupt what God is doing in this place. He's trying to disrupt what the church is doing in a wider sense. And he's trying to do that through us. The enemy is, is trying to disrupt the work of the body by attacking the individual parts so that the body is not fully effective. You know, as, as a church, as, as individuals, we need to be praying the same words that Jesus prayed. That God would protect the unity of the body. Again, both this church, but also the wider church body, that God would protect his church. You know, this is, this is a season of disruption, there is no doubt about that. This is a season of distraction. This is a season of uncertainty and so we need to be praying for protection for each other. We need to be recognising that when there are parts of the body that may be under attack, that we boldly stand to protect, both through prayer but also by physical means, to step into those gaps when they appear, to step into the places at times when there might be lack, to be on guard, to be, to be in connection with each other and to be sharing life together, to be in God's Word together, to be applying its truth to our lives, to be protecting the unity that is the body. Because there is a battle raging on and so we need to pray. We need to pray for the body, we need to pray for our leaders, we need to uphold Neil as our senior pastor, we need to be praying for our elders and our ministry leaders, we need to be praying for each other as each part of the body. To be praying as Jesus prayed that God would protect that unity, that God would bind us stronger together through his word and through the understanding of his truth. I can't enforce it enough, prayer is so important. It is vital and, and the Apostle Paul in his first letter to the Thessalonians, he reminds us to never stop praying. To be constantly in communication with God throughout our day, in every single moment, to be, to be ready, to be prepared and expect the disruption that is going to come. To pray, but also to step up and to step in and be actively involved in the work of the body. You know, I've, I've mentioned that we, we, we have been talking about service and again, there will be an opportunity to look at the different ways that, that we might be able to contribute in the coming weeks. And again, I want to encourage you to pray into that. But I want to encourage you to be on guard with your attitude towards the opportunity. Because this, is, this isn't about us. This isn't about making us great. Again, this is about showing the world God's great love 
for us and for the world. Because the entire world is loved by God, but they just might not realise it. Again, as Jesus prayed in verse 23 of that prayer, it says, May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. You know, I want to I challenge us to be on guard of our attitudes and opinions, to be coming into the presence of God together when we gather together with the with, not with this, this attitude of, of self-seeking or jealousy of each other because what we are each called to do. But rather to come and to encourage and support what each part of the body is doing. To strengthen each other rather than pull each other down. To be mindful of the words that we speak to each other. You know, our, our attitudes, our thoughts... The words that we, can, that we speak can so quickly disrupt and distract us away from what God is doing. And if we're not careful, it doesn't just impact our attitude and our heart, but it impacts those around us. It impacts the whole body. You know, as, a, as an example, I have the privilege of leading our worship ministry here at Cornerstone. And there are so many things that can easily distract me and the team away from what it is that we have to do as a ministry in this place. You know, if I come in here with a bad attitude on a Sunday morning, if I come in because I'm tired and I'm grumpy, because I stayed up too late doing something silly, or, you know, I was running late because there's five traffic lights between my house and here, and on the way I got every single one. You know, and maybe there's things that aren't going right with the technology that we run here or, you know, there's a whole heap of things that can contribute and impact and distract away for me personally in this place. And maybe it might only impact on me. Maybe I'm not doing anything and I'm frustrated and I'm sitting up the back and I'm just... all the way through. And I miss what God is doing in this place. But, you know, if I'm not careful, it might actually impact those that are on the team. You know, watch out, Matt's grumpy this morning, everyone. And that impacts our preparation time. You know, and then maybe that actually flows into our worship time together. And we all get distracted away from what it is that we're here to do. And then that becomes a blockage for us in being in a place that's ready to receive God's Word. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, maybe you, you might be a welcomer, and this isn't, I'm, don't get me, this is not pointing fingers at anyone, just an example. Imagine a welcomer. And that welcomer has a really bad start to the day. And that has become their focus. That's not going to make you a great welcomer, is it? You know, people come through the the door and they are greeted by your attitude and then that impacts their attitude of how they enter into this place so you know we've, we've got to be on guard we need we need to ensure that we are protecting our thoughts and our attitudes and our opinions at all times again prayer prayer is so important i want to encourage you to come early 
and join with us in prayer at nine o'clock in the, in the parents' room over there if you can. To be in that space of praying for protection of our unity, to be praying for the effectiveness of the word. Everything that we do needs to be covered in prayer. Again, because this is not about us, this is about God impacting every single life that comes into contact with this body, whether that's in this place or outside of this place, in your work, in your school, in the sporting events you go to. God can impact through who we are and our attitude. You know, we can, we can gather together and, and we can look around and we can observe each other and have opinions that distract us away from what we're doing. You know, we might be jealous that we don't seem to be having the same encounter that that person over there is having in worship. Or criticising the fact that maybe that person's just sitting there with their arms folded and they don't seem to be involved at all. What's going on there? Or what, why am I the only one that's doing whatever? You know, being, coming into this place, being critical being critical of the things that maybe you would do differently or whatever it might be, you know, thoughts and distractions that can only lead to destruction. As a body, we need to be on guard, ready to stop these thoughts, ready to take them captive before they allow, or we allow them to, to impact us and our attitudes but, but also to flow onto those around us. To be ready and on guard and prepared to stop and just focus on God. And bring these attitudes and these distractions to him. Because again, make no mistake, the enemy is about disrupting the body. The enemy is about disrupting the unity that is us united in Christ. And so we need to be active at all times in protecting that unity. You know, again, there are... There are so many people, even in this family, who find themselves in situations where life is just turned upside down in this current season. You know, we've got people who have lost their jobs and their livelihoods. We have people who are stuck in isolation. Thankfully, they can join us through the live stream. There are others who are choosing to stay away until this crazy season is over. And then there's other distractions of the world, isn't there? The other distractions that have, were there before are still there. There's the, you know, the social media distraction and there's those who are chasing the next big thing or the next status in life and they're being distracted away from the body. And in that, there is this loneliness that creeps in, another distraction. As a, as a body, again, we need to ensure that we are protecting our unity as we see the different parts of the body being pulled in different directions by these distractions. And our connection to each other and our connection specifically to God is critical to ensure that our unity remains. And, you know, as a, as a church body, we, we need to be protecting every single part of the body so that we remain as one. But it's also important to be reminded that as individuals, there are moments where we find ourselves physically alone and in places of loneliness, but to be reminded that we are never alone. 
And it brings me to the second incredible Jesus moment that I want to share with you. And it's found in the Old Testament, in a time before Jesus gave up his position in heaven and he came down to be a man and to be our saviour. And, and this moment is found in the book of Daniel. Daniel, the guy that, that Ali was sharing in communion. And he goes through all of this stuff. He goes through years of captivity by the Babylonians. And he has this vision after years of being faithful to God as he's stood firm in his faith. You know, through his journey, he has been thrown to lions and protected. He's been established in a position of power in Babylon. And yet he still found himself in, in exile and not in his home country. He found himself alone. And then he has this vision, which we're going to read now. And it says this, As I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing. With a belt of pure gold around his waist, his body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. And so I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. And my strength left me and my face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. And then I heard the man speak and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there on the ground, sorry, lay there with my face to the ground. Here Daniel has an encounter with Jesus in all his heavenly splendour and power. And I want you just to picture that for a moment. To picture Jesus standing before you, dressed in pure white, pure white linen of the high priest, with a belt of gold, with a body that looks like a precious gemstone and a face that flashes like lightning, who here has been up in the middle of the night getting a drink or something when there's a lightning storm going on. With eyes that are like burning torches, arms and feet of polished bronze and a voice that roars like a vast crowd. A sight that is so incredible that you cannot continue to stand but collapse down on the ground. That is our Saviour Jesus. That is the one who went to the cross for us. He is the one who gave up all of that. All of that power and all of that majesty to come so that we might be saved, so that we are never alone. And then if we continue on in that reading from Daniel, it says that then a hand touched me and lifted me, lifted me still trembling to my hands and knees. And then the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious 
to God. As, as we gather here, whether it's in this place or online or wherever you might find yourself as you're hearing these words, Jesus wants to meet with you. And he wants to pick you up from wherever you are and remind you just as he did with Daniel that you are very precious to God. That you are very precious to God. And then he goes on and, and, and he says, don't be afraid. Because since the first day that you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard. You are very precious to God. And he hears your prayers. Make no mistake of that. Maybe you haven't seen results from the things that you're praying for. But God hears it. And part of that chapter goes on and it talks about, it's not on the screen, but it talks about how the prayers have been heard. But Jesus is there. And he explains that it's taken him a period of time to get there because there is a battle going on. And Daniel couldn't see it. But there were things that were taking place that Jesus was working through in order to get to that place. He hears the prayers and he works on them. We might not be seeing the results, but Jesus and God is at work. And so in those moments of uncertainty, pray. In those moments of doubt, pray. In those moments where you feel like you're under attack and all alone, pray. Be reminded that each one of us is very precious to God. That each one of us is very precious to God and has a place and gifts that are designed to be something, be part of something that is so much greater. You know, each one of us is designed again to be in unity with each other in and through God. It is God who gives us our unity. And again, make no mistake that there is a battle raging on. Make no mistake that the enemy is trying to disrupt and distract us. Trying to get us to go off in the wrong direction. Tell us lies about who we are and the value that we have for God. Trying to affect our attitudes and our opinions in order to bring destruction. And so I want to challenge us to be in that place of being on guard, to be actively doing whatever it is that we can do to, to make this body full and complete, to, to see things that aren't happening and to step into the gap. To recognize in ourselves and in each other when we might be going the wrong way and to turn around. To turn around to God. To be in that space of just upholding each other in prayer knowing the fact that God hears our prayers and he is at work. To be standing firm together in our faith, to protect our unity. Let's just stand together and let's, let's pray together as we, as we close this morning.
Lord God, today I just, I just pray like Jesus prayed that, that you would protect our unity, that you would protect this body, that you would protect each one of us and bind us together through your truth and your love. Lord God, in these, in these moments when we find ourselves and our attitudes and our opinions have become a distraction, God, I pray that you would intervene. God, that you would enable us to recognise these moments and to take those things captive. Lord God, I want to pray for Neil as our senior pastor. God, I thank you for him and I thank you for his family and I pray for your protection over them. I pray for your, for your wisdom that it would continue in his life. God, I pray for your guidance for Neil as he leads this body. Lord God, I pray for all of the different ministry areas that we have in this place. I pray for our leaders. I pray for those who are already serving. And God, I pray for unity. God, I pray for effectiveness. pray that your kingdom would be extended. God, I pray that, that we would be connected together just like the parts of the body as, you, as you've described it and that we would recognise the times when there may be parts of this body that are hurt or in pain or disconnected. That we would be in a place of coming around each other and we'd be speaking your truth and your love and your wisdom the Lord God, that you would bring about healing and restoration where that is needed. God, I pray this morning for those who are isolated, who, those who are feeling isolated, even those who are feeling isolated that are in this place today. God, I pray that we would know your presence, that we would know your peace and know your strength. God, I pray that you would enable us to step up and to step into the gaps that we see when we see them. God, give us those eyes to see the ways that we can use our gifts, our abilities, our time, our talents for you and for your kingdom. And God, I pray that you would just stir in our hearts if there are the ways that we can be more effective for you. I pray that you would make us a fully effective body that is united through you. Amen. And so maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you don't have a relationship with God. You know, maybe you're feeling like there is no way that God would want someone like you. Maybe you feel like you're in a place where you are completely out of reach and he can't find you. And I want to tell you that God loves you and there is nowhere that you can go to escape that love. You know, God designed you and created you so that he could be part of your life. And he wants to lead you and to guide you. And he wants to fill you with his life and his love and his grace and his joy. And he wants to give you his forgiveness that was completed through Jesus' death on the cross. That perfect sacrifice that, that covers all of our sin. There is nowhere that we can go where God cannot reach us. There is nowhere that we can go that his love does not reach. 
And God is right there and he's waiting for you to accept his forgiveness and invite him into your life. And so if you would like to accept that invitation this morning, why don't you just join me? Let's, let's just pray again. We're going to pray a simple prayer. I want you to invite, invite you to, to pray this prayer with me if you would like to invite Jesus into your life. Lord God, I thank you for Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I'm sorry for my sin. And I thank you that you have forgiven me. Thank you that you call me your child and you want me in your family. And Jesus, I invite you into my life right now. Amen. And so if you prayed that prayer, that is, that is so awesome. I want to welcome you into the family of God. I'd love if you come and tell me or Pastor Neil that you've made that decision because we want to celebrate with you. And as always, the, the front is open for prayer. If you want to come for, for prayer, we'd love to pray with you. But let's worship together in song as we, as we close this morning. Bless you.